Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. I hope you are all enjoying the summer. If it's summer where you live, we are now listened to in 93 countries throughout the world. And in some places, it's probably not summer. So if you are celebrating summer, I hope you enjoyed. If not, I hope you enjoy whatever the weather is like where you live. All right, my friends, got a lot of information to talk about. First of all, Probably the most exciting for me is if you live in or around San Antonio, Texas, on the weekend of June 26th and 27th, today here in, I'm in San Antonio, today is the 18th of June, but if you happen to be in or around San Antonio on June 26th or 27th, I am having my grand opening of my little mini museum out at a place called Trader's Village in San Antonio. You can go online and just do a search of Trader's, T-R-A-D-E-R-S, T-R-A-D-E-R-S, Trader's Village. Now, there's three Trader's Villages. There's one in Houston, one in Dallas, and one in San Antonio. I'm in the one in San Antonio. But if you can get directions, if you would like to come out and join us for our grand opening, that will be on the 26th and 27th from 10 to 5 both days. And I'm hoping to take my portable podcasting equipment and do some interviews. You don't have to be a T-Rex member. This will be for anybody. So if you would like to maybe be on my podcast or on a future podcast, I will be out there with my table set up. And I will do some interviews, which I think would be a ton of fun. Also, we're doing gifts throughout the day. We're doing free prizes. It's going to be really cool. So I hope that you all can make it. Again, the year is 2012. That's now. A 2021. I say 2012 every single time. It's 2021. So June 26th and 27th of 2021. If you're in the San Antonio area, I will be out there both days from 10 to 5. So if you'd like to come out and say hi and maybe be interviewed, a short interview, you get to ask some questions for a podcast. I hope you come out and join us. We now have 73,000 listeners, like I said, in 93 countries throughout the world. I'm very, very excited about that. That's such an exciting thing. You know, we were kind of stuck at around 81 countries. We couldn't get past 81. Now we're at 93. So word is spreading and that's because of you. I hope if you enjoy my podcast, I hope you will go and see if you can leave a a review because if you can give me a good review, that helps a bunch. So I hope that you'll consider leaving a review. Couple of shout outs. This first one is to Caleb. (laughs) Caleb, I had the best time. Caleb's parents for his birthday gave him a membership to the Tyrannosaurus Rex Club and also had me do a one-on-one private lesson. So I was able to spend an hour with Caleb. We laughed. We talked about all kinds of stuff, learned some pretty cool stuff. I learned a lot about your dinosaurs and who you like the best. So Caleb, I hope you enjoyed that. Happy birthday to you and thank you for being a member. Speaking of new members and birthdays, Anastasia just celebrated her birthday and her family was nice enough to give her a membership into the Tyrannosaurus Club. Anastasia, welcome to the T-Rex Club and happy birthday to you. Then uh, some shout outs to some of the organizations that I have been working with. Uh, The Whitehead Museum in Del Rio, Texas, hired me to do a whole bunch of uh, lessons on Zoom. And those lessons are free for anyone. But you have to go to the Whitehead Museum 
Facebook page. Whitehead is one word, W-H-I-T-E-H-E-A-D, the Whitehead Museum. And you can contact them and get the login details and you can join us. I'm teaching a bunch of classes for them. So I've already done a couple for them, which I've enjoyed a bunch. I was able to go visit a lot of places this past month. The Goddard School in San Antonio, uh, the public libraries in Mason. And speaking of Mason, while I was there, I got to see a good little friend and I'm so glad she's become a, a Patreon member. Welcome to the club, sweetie. Um, uh, the library in Mason, uh, the library in Kerrville, uh, the Edwards Library in Henrietta, Texas, the Quero Public Library and the Yorktown Library, both in Texas. So I'm doing a lot of visits, actual visits in uh, different libraries this summer. And I'm also doing a ton of virtual lessons. Lake Travis Elementary in Austin, San Antonio Public Library here in San Antonio. Speaking of San Antonio, I'm also doing a bunch of talks at the San Antonio Zoo all through July and August on the weekends. Now, not every single weekend, but we will post my um, schedule on um, the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page. And if you would like to come to the San Antonio Zoo and meet me, I'd love to see you. All right, let's do our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. This podcast feature creature is the one, the only Microraptor. Oh yeah, baby, we're going small for Microraptor. Now, the name Microraptor means tiny thief or tiny robber. The word raptor in English means thief or robber, and it gets its name. Some people say plunderer. That's another way you can describe the word raptor. Now, raptors, of course, modern raptors are birds like eagles, hawks, owls, falcons. Those are meat-eating birds. Those really are what a raptor is. But in science... We borrowed the term raptor and applied it to a group of meat-eating dinosaurs. So, micro-raptor, the word micro means little or tiny, and it was tiny. This is a little carnivore that was only 77 meters wide. That's almost, that's about three feet wide. And it weighed probably as much as a little house cat. They were found in Liaoning, China, and uh, they lived in the early Cretaceous about 120 million years ago. So, Microraptor is little, still has the deadly curved claw on its foot, because it's part of the Dromaeosaurid family. It's a relatively early dinosaur, and of course, the amazing thing about it is that it's got four wings. Now, what I mean by that is it's got very big feathers on its arms and its legs. So, some people believe that it was a glider. Some people believed it could flap its arms like a bird and fly. I kind of think it could do both. I personally believe it had the ability to fly. It seemed to have the right shoulders to be able for that motion to take place with flapping of the wings. I don't think it flapped its legs. I think it flapped its wings. I think it simply spread its legs and used that second set of wings to help it glide and stay stable. Uh, stable in the air, meaning it doesn't jerk around very much. Now, because it's early Cretaceous, this, this represents then one of the earliest raptors, not the earliest, but one of. This is living long before Velociraptor, long before Dromaeosaurus, long before Deinonychus even. This is early Cretaceous. Now, it is a member of the Dromaeosaurid family. In science, raptor is a nickname. Dromaeosaurid is the family of the dinosaurs with the curved claw on their foot. So I'm, I'm still going to call it the raptor family because we all know what we're talking about. But I just want you to know that Dromaeosaurid is the proper term when you are describing the dinosaurs with the stiff tail and the big killing claw on their foot. 
this is probably, or this is the most well-known dromaeosaurid. There may be over 300 different specimens that have been found, and a couple of them have been complete skeletons, including, including the impression of the feathers. That's how we know it has feathers. This is a very well-known dinosaur. He's tiny, so he doesn't get as much attention as the big ones, but it's still incredible. But, of course, the main thing is those wings. So when you look at this little dinosaur, he's not very tall at all. He's a short little thing. But here, when he spreads his arms and legs, he would have looked like some sort of a modern jet fighter. And the feathers, by the way, are actually flight feathers. There's two different kinds of feathers you find on a bird. One is feathers that cover its body that are made to, (coughs) excuse me, I just coughed, that are made to insulate it. The others are the flight feathers. They're different from the other kind of feathers. They're, They're not the same. Flight feathers are designed and made to withstand the motion of flapping. The feathers on the arms of this dinosaur are flight feathers. And so it begs the question, well, is this thing a glider or is it a flyer? Some scientists believe that it would crawl up into a tree and then sit there and wait and watch for an unsuspecting animal. And it would jump out of the tree and spread its arms and legs and glide like a gliding squirrel. Some people believe, no, this thing could simply flap its wings like a bird and take off from the ground like any other bird. I kind of believe it could flap. I do. Let me tell you why I believe that. First of all, with those wings on its arms and its legs, that is going to make climbing very difficult. You're trying to climb a tree and you've got these big feathers sticking off of your legs and your arms. That makes climbing very difficult. So, did I think it climbed up in trees? I do. Because not only did those wings interfere with it climbing, those wings on its leg made it difficult to walk or run. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mystery. It's like those wings are cool, but they get in the way of everything. He's tripping over his own wings. So I don't think this is a raptor that chased down prey. I think this is a raptor that ambushed its prey. Maybe it didn't climb up into the tree. Maybe it simply flew up into the tree the way a modern bird does. When it walked across the ground, it probably walked kind of weird because those feathers would be dragging the ground behind it. You're not going to sneak up on your prey when you're dragging feathers on the ground. Plus, you're going to mess up your feathers. So I bet you this guy kind of hopped the way you see some birds. When Birds don't. Not all birds walk. They kind of hop. I think this thing would have been a hopper. You would have thought he was a little, a little feathered covered miniature kangaroo now he didn't hop like a kangaroo but you know what i mean it would have been hopping around it could have spread its arms and flapped and flew up into a tree and then it could sit there and then it could watch for unsuspecting prey and it could certainly drop out of the sky on some unsuspecting prey but that's the mystery about this guy how did he move around Whenever you see pictures of him, you almost always see pictures of it flying, but you don't see pictures of it walking because that would be hard to do. The other thing that's kind of cool about it is it has this long tail, sort of with like a diamond-shaped feathers at the end. Sort of like Ramphorhynchus, the pterosaurs. They had kind of sort of the same tail. Now, they're not, they're not closely related to Ramphorhynchus. They're not very closely related at all. But... That tail probably helped them steer, kind of helped them change directions. See, if this animal is spending its time in the trees, it has to be very aerodynamic. That's a big word. What that word means is it has to be able to change directions quickly to be able to fly up into a tree. Really large birds don't fly into dense trees. They fly, they look for a big open limb to land on. These little guys would have been jet fighters zipping around the canopy going from limb to limb, tree to tree, they have to be, excuse me, they have to be able to turn quickly. (coughs) Boy, my allergies are driving me crazy, you guys. Do any of you have allergies? If you do, I I certainly hope that uh, you don't 
cough and sneeze as much as I do. All right. So, with those feathers and with that tail for stabilization, I believe it would have been a very efficient flyer. I do believe it could flap its wings and fly. I think that's what it did. So, what did it eat then? Well, we know from fossil evidence, they found the skeleton of a lizard inside the stomach of one of these. So, we know it ate lizards. Another one found a whole bird. This dinosaur swallowed a whole bird. It was probably a bird that was sitting on a limb, not paying attention. And this this flighter, this this fighter glider could have swooped in, grabbed the bird, and swallowed him without even chewing. Swallowed him whole. That was the first time he ever tasted a chicken nugget, and he loved it. So now we know that Microraptors ate chicken nuggets. So I think it ate anything. I think it ate little mammals. It ate insects. It ate baby dinosaurs. It ate reptiles. It probably hunted eggs. It probably, if it could fly up into a tree and find a nest that was unprotected, it could eat the eggs. If it could see an unprotected dinosaur nest on the ground, it might fly down and try to break open an egg and eat the insides. Eggs are very nutritious. Now, it's got really big eyes, and people think, well, maybe it hunted at night. But its eyes aren't big enough to really see in the dark like an owl. If you're going to be flying, you're probably not going to be flying in the dark, especially trying to land in trees. You have to have really special eyes to do that. And this dinosaur doesn't seem to have them. They're big eyes. But maybe that's just to help it spot prey everywhere. If you're hunting lizards and trees or you're hunting snakes, or you're hunting little mammals, you have to have really good eyesight. Probably beyond the feathers, the most amazing thing was the color of the feathers. The color of animals and plants are determined, well, animals, is determined by something called a melanosome. That's the little things in our body that make us whatever color we are. Well, using a very powerful microscope called a scanning electron microscope, paleontologists are actually able to see the little color pigment in the fossil. They can see the color of dinosaurs. And when they looked at at Microraptor, it has a very dark, shiny black body almost like a raven or a crow or a grackle, if you're familiar with any of those birds. And those feathers are called iridescent. What that means is the way the sun shines on them, they change color. They kind of look purple, then they sort of look black. So these birds had those iridescent colors. Iridescent colors could be used to attract a mate, Or to threaten a rival by opening up your wings and letting the sun shine on them. It may make your whole body look purple. And maybe to a girl, a microraptor, she's like, ooh la la, that guy's cute. And so other microraptors, boys may look at him and go, uh, that guy looks big. I'm not going to go over there and fight him. So if microraptor has these iridescent feathers, iridescence only works in daylight. They don't work at night. So why would this dinosaur have special feathers that are made to change color in the sunlight if it only comes out at night? I don't believe it was nocturnal. I think, number one, its eyes were not big enough. Number two, if you're hunting in trees, that's a tough thing to do at night, even if your eyesight is good. But number three, why would you have iridescent colored feathers that only work that only work in daylight so i believe microraptor was definitely a little predator definitely very effective because they found so many skeletons of them that means there was a bunch of them 
They were fast. I don't think they ran. I think they hopped to get around. I think they could flap their arms like a bird and fly. Some scientists disagree. Some scientists think they could only crawl up into a tree and then glide. But again, how do you crawl up in a tree with all those feathers sticking off of your arms and legs? It seems like that would be very difficult. I believe this thing was a flyer. So here is the project for those of you that would like to do a project. I would like for you to draw a picture of a micro raptor either flying or gliding from one tree to another. Or draw a picture of it swooping down to grab some little furry animal or a little lizard. If you would like to do that project, you need to go to Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Get your parents to join it. It's free. And you can post your picture there. So that's your project. Draw a picture of a micro raptor. Make sure to make it black. That's what color it is. You have to make sure to color it black. Have it flying or swooping down to grab some unsuspecting prey. All right, when we come back, we are going to go over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page, and we are going to give some shout-outs and make comments about the cool pictures everyone posted there. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, we're on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, and let's take a look. First of all, Henry Soros, who turned eight years old, happy birthday to you shared a video, a really cool video that he made about a dinosaur attacking other ones. It's a great video, and I loved it. Nicely done. Ooh, I think that's a Smilosuchus too, Henry Soros. Henry Soros Rex. Happy birthday, buddy. All right, what else have we got? Oh, we have got, oh, look at this. Look at this. Mandy sent a picture that, um, of a, oh, it's a Brachiosaurus. Oh, how cool is that? It's a Brachiosaurus with the pterosaur flying by and one on the back and a baby Brachiosaurus. Cash, this is great. You did an excellent job, my little friend. Welcome to the page. So glad you sent that. I love that Brachiosaurus landing on the on the back of that big sauropod. Nicely done, Cash. Excellent work. All right, my little friend Uthred. Said, Dinosaur George is going to love my dino scene, especially the Spinosaurus in the dump truck. Well, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I've never seen a Spinosaurus in a dump truck. Uhtred, this is a great, great, great show. A great picture. And by the way, Uhtred said, can any dinosaurs grow their tail back if they lost them? No, Uhtred, dinosaur tails don't grow back. Kind of like a lizard's tail can. If somebody bites their tail off, it stays bitten off. They would have run around. Their new name would have been Stubbyosaurus. <laughs> uh, Eliasmosaurus. Eliasmosaurus. I love that name. Who is five years old, sent a really good scene. Oh, man, I like that one. What have you go? You've got all kinds of dinosaurs and pterosaurs in your scene. You have giant boulders. Oh, man, that is awesome. Awesome work, little friend. Awesome work. Max, who's eight years old from the UK and listens to the podcast. Thank you, Max. Wanted to contribute to the group. Can I identify these dinosaurs? Max wants to know. Well, let's take a look, Max. Looks like you've got Allosaurus and maybe Carnotaurus and Triceratops and Brachiosaurus and you smell like a Skunkosaurus. And Wait, what was that last one? Did I just say you smell like a skunkosaurus? Max, I don't think you smell like a skunkosaurus. I think I made that one up. But this is a great scene, buddy. I like this a lot. Nicely done. Abigail, who is 10 years old, sent a really cool picture. Let's see. Okay, now wait a minute. I'm riding on the back of a Utah Raptor. (laughs) It even has a saddle on it. 
okay, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen, Abigail. At least I'm not getting eaten. Ooh, and I like you put the curved claw on the Utah Raptors' feet. I like the teeth. I like the colors. This is great. And thank you for giving me some hair on my head because normally it's not there. Thank you, Abigail. This was really, really cool. Uh, Mathis, who's an avid listener, would like to hear everything you know about trilobites. Hey, Mathis, listen, trilobites. I should do a podcast on trilobites because I love them. And those are great, by the way. Oh, you've, you've even listed some of the species. Hey, those are great. Mathis, that's really, really good work. Very, very proud of you. That's really cool. Oh, and Elismosaurus is sitting there drawing pictures of a fossil digging the yard. Good job, buddy. Always take your notepad with you whenever, whenever you are uh, doing a dig so that you can keep track of all of your notes. All right, let's see. Liz sent some pictures of you guys at, oh my gosh, look at that. You're at Black Hills. How cool is that? Oh, I love these pictures. These are great. These are really, really good. That Triceratops is amazing. Is that a Tyrannosaurus Rex behind you? Oh, this is so cool. Oh, there's my Allosaurus. There's my buddy. Oh, this is great. Boys, I absolutely love these pictures. They looked absolutely great. Miss Liz, thank you for sharing them. Those were really cool. Let's see. Uh, hey, Webb. Hey, Dinosaur George, our new house was built by a paleontologist. We were told that these are trilobites. Trilobites, what do I think? Well, first of all, how cool is it that you have fossils in your house? But let me tell you what I think that one is, that long, straight one. That one, I think, is an animal related to ammonites. I believe that's an orthoceros, which was a squid-like animal that would have been a top predator. Trilobites are cool, but this animal would have eaten them. This thing, that's a long shell, but what stuck out of the end would have been an animal that looked like a squid or an octopus. Webb, I love this. Love this very much. Thank you guys for sending it. That is so amazingly cool. That's really cool. And then Charlotte. Look at Charlotte, who started digging out a skeleton. And what did Charlotte uncover? Triceratops. Here's a shout out, Charlotte. And thank you for wearing your protective goggles when you're working on digging them out. That's very important. Good job. Nice work, Charlotte. Very proud of you. And then let's see. Oh, here's another. Here's a Carcharodontosaurus. Oh, Macy posted a Carcharodontosaurus. Oh, I like this one, Macy. I like this one a lot. I like those big teeth. That's a very good one. Very proud of you. That's good work. <coughs> Shout out to Macy for being such a good artist. Then Leah and Cole. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, you guys have, you drew a picture of a Mayasaur with babies. Nicely done, you guys. Nicely done. And then you do one, looks like Ankylosaurus, with the baby Ankylosaurus defending the baby Ankylosaurus. You guys did such a good job, and ooh, I like that puzzle. How many pieces were in that puzzle? Was it hard to put together? Leah, Cole, very proud of both of you. There's your shout-out. Penny! Penny, this is amazing. What a beautiful picture. I met Penny. Penny, I think I met you at the San Antonio Zoo. I had such a good time. Now, wait a minute. Why is there a picture of me standing next to a cart? Penny, you rotten kid. What kind of kid would stick me next to a giant carnotaurus? I'm going to get eaten, you stinking kid. I love that picture, Penny. Those are great colors. I don't like that you have me there. I'm going to get goosebumps, all right. Do dinosaurs get goosebumps? I know I do. Whenever I see a Carnotaurus standing next to me, but I don't know if they could get goosebumps or not, but that's a great question. That's a good picture. Shout out to you, Penny. That was amazing. Malcolm, who is six years old, just discovered the podcast, and I'm so glad that you like it, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Look at these cool drawings. Oh my gosh, Malcolm, these are great. 
Look at all of the different dinosaurs. Look at all the different animals. These are just amazing. Look at that Spinosaurus and look at that long neck. Oh man, there's a Carnotaurus. Oh, these are absolutely great. These are great, great pictures. Very, very proud of you, Malcolm. Welcome to the podcast. Here's your shout out, buddy. And then four-year-old, I think it's Kairos. I think that's how you pronounce it. Kairos, not Kairos. I think it's Kairos. Showed a beautiful picture of a dinosaur George fighting a Cryolophosaurus. And now, wait a minute. What did I just? Dinosaur George. That's me. Oh, you rotten little kid. Fortunately, I won because under my arms is the deadliest stink bomb in the world. I have stink power. (laughs) That's a great picture. Thank you for making me win. I'm glad I didn't get eaten by something. (laughs) Timmy Raptosaurus got to attend the Whitehead Museum today and absolutely loved it and wanted to show me and say thank you by creating a scene. Oh, I love this, Timmy Raptosaurus. Great scene. Wow, you got a lot of dinosaurs, buddy. You've got a lot of dinosaurs. That's really cool. And I like the way you have them all set up like that. Great scene. Shout out to you, my little friend. Lucas drew a beautiful Guanlong. Lucas, this is beautiful. You use great colors on it. You made his crest a different color. I love this art. Nicely done, Lucas. Shout out to you, my little friend. Ah, there's my buddy, Avi. Wearing the coolest. It's a dinosaur. It's a Tyrannosaurus. I think it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex or an Allosaurus sitting in a floating flamingo going down the river. Okay, that is the coolest thing I've ever... It's gone tubing. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Avi, this is great. I love that shirt, by the way. It looks super cool. All right. Oh, there you are, Penny. Yeah, Penny, I did meet you at the zoo. Oh, wow. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Penny drew an amazing ankylosaurus that lives in the hills. Oh, Penny, I'm glad you're getting caught up. I'm still not. I still see you laughing because you put me in there and made me get eaten by a dinosaur, you stinking kid. But I sure enjoyed meeting you. You know a lot. You know a lot about dinosaurs, Penny. I'm very, very proud of you. Very, very proud of you. You really know a lot. Alexander said if he drew a nest, he would get a shout out. Well, guess what, Alexander? Shout out to Alexander. I love your Myasaurus nest. And I like the big long neck versus a pterodactyl. You did great, Alexander. You deserve a shout out. Nicely done, my friend. Hennessy. Hennessy, who is a Triceratops T-Rex member and a very good friend. Hennessy drew a beautiful Triceratops with shading. That's the mark of a good artist is to do counter shading. That's very, very good, Hennessy. You always do such an amazing job. And then Jackson drew a Triceratops, which looks awesome. Jackson, this is cool. I like your colors. I like everything about this. Shout out to you, Jackson. That's an excellent thing. Let's see. Emery, age five, and his sister Elizabeth, age two, live in Alabama, and we listen to your podcast every day. Yesterday, we went to the beach with mom and dad, and in our area, we have some really cool dinosaur statues we visited along the way. There was some debate on whether in this video it is a Brachiosaurus or Diplodocus. Also, I set up a scene for my mom to send you. We love your podcast, and I'm becoming a T-Rex member for my birthday. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Nicely done. And by the way, let's take a look at that picture. Look at that. That video's awesome. These are absolutely great. And wait a minute. What? What do you mean I got eaten at the end? You little stinker. You little stinker. You little stinking Emery. 
What kind of a kid makes me get eaten by a dinosaur? Okay, first of all, I love your picture of your triceratops. But stop making me get eaten, you little stinker. What kind of a kid makes me get eaten? You guys are amazing, and I'm so glad you like the podcast, and I'm glad you got to go to the beach. That is so cool. All right, little Valerie drew a picture of me riding on a T-Rex with a Carnotaurus. Okay, as long as I'm riding and I'm not getting eaten, that's good. Valerie, I love this. Hey, I love the color differences between your two dinosaurs. I, man, these are great. I like those bright blue colors on that T-Rex. And thank you for letting me ride on it and not get eaten by it. Valerie, these are beautiful. That's beautiful. Congratulations. And Joshua drew an amazing ankylosaurus and even named it Joshua. Well, every ankylosaurus should be named Joshua. That's a perfectly good name, name for an ankylosaurus. Joshua, I love your colors. I love the big club on his tail. I love the spikes on its back. That is awesome. Shout out to you, my little friend. You did a great job. Here is Ryan. I'm five years old living in Dubai. I just discovered your podcast and I can't stop listening. I am so glad, right? Uh, I think it's Rayan, right? I think it's Rayan or Rayan. I never can pronounce names. I'm ter- terrible with that. So if it's Rayan or Rayan or Rayan, whatever it is, you are an incredible artist. You have an amazing ankylosaurus fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Look at the colors you used. Look at all the cool colors. You did a great job. One day, one of these days, I want to visit Dubai. When I do, I'm coming to see you and your family, and you guys can be my tour guide. Love this fight. Love this scene. Very proud of you, my little friend. That was great. Ooh, Uhtred completed his assignment for the Mayasora episode, a herbivore protecting its nest from attackers. Now, the attacker happens to be King Kong, who lost his arms. That's okay. King Kongs lose their arm all the time. This is really good. This is really good. Well, Uhtred, I'm glad you did this assignment. Your next assignment is to either do a scene with the Microraptor or draw a picture with the Microraptor. All right, Russell shared his picture of Giganotosaurus eating dinosaur George. He loves your pot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What was that part? Let me go back and read that again. Russell wants to share his picture of Giganotosaurus eating dinosaur George. He loves your podcast. Thanks for creating. Did you just say Giganotosaurus eating dinosaur George? Russell, you stinking little kid. Why did you do that? You naughty kid. You made me get eaten by, I got eaten by a giganotosaurus. Okay. Would somebody tell me why I'm always getting eaten? Russell, this is a great picture, except why did you make me get eaten? I'm not even in the picture anymore. Am I in his tummy? What kind of kid makes me get eaten? Shout out to you, Russell. Love that picture. Ooh. Uh, here's a group that went to Mills Canyon, Utah's Mill Canyon dinosaur tracks. Oh, wow. Wow. Miss Kelly, this is great. Oh, you guys really look like you are having a good time. Look at all those footprints. Look at all of those footprints. Those are great. These are great. I'm so glad you shared this picture. I love it. And I just, all of this is great. I love dinosaur footprints. They are fantastic. Nicely done, my little friend. That was absolutely incredible. Incredible. Uh, and again, Macy, I want to tell you, I really like your artwork. I love this dinosaur with the horn on its nose. It's so good. Let's see. Hi, Dinosaur George Benedict from Sydney, Australia. Is turning four in four days. Has two dinosaur books. One book says the biggest pterosaur is Quetzalcoatlus. The other book says the biggest is Haxigoopteryx. Which pterosaur is actually bigger? Well, first of all, Benedict, it will already have been your birthday by the time I've read this. Because so happy birthday. You're four years old. Happy birthday, my little friend, even though I'm giving it to you late. So here's the deal. Hatsikoopteryx is probably a little bit bigger than Quetzalcoatlus. My guess is the book that says Quetzalcoatlus is the biggest 
was probably written before they discovered Hatsikoopteryx. So that happens sometimes, right? A book can only be as accurate as the information they knew when they published it. But there's another reason why it could be different. Some of these dinosaurs, they do not find all of the bones. Scientists has to estimate, they have to estimate how big they are. Some make them bigger than they are. Some make them smaller than they are. But that's a good question. All right, let's see. Uh, Ray sent a, ooh, a Scorpius Rex. Love that Scorpius Rex. Ray, this is great. This is really good. I like that Scorpius Rex a lot. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Judah, and I'm seven years old. I love your podcast, and I listen to it all the time. My favorite is Utah Raptor. I drew this Mayasaur with its eggs after I listened to the last podcast. Well, Judah, welcome to the group. I'm so glad you like the podcast, and I love your artwork, and I really like that nest. That Mayasaur is great. You did an excellent, excellent job, and I look forward to seeing all of your art on future podcasts. This is great. Nicely done, my friend. Nicely done. My best buddy, Rody went uh, to the museum here in San Antonio and sent some really cool pictures, great pictures of the Acrocanthosaurus, Quetzalcoatlus. Love them. I've got to go there one of these days. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Jackson, and I made this Indominus Rex eating Dinosaur George in an enclosure. What was that? What did I what did I just read? Let me go back and try it again. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Jackson, and I made this Indominus Rex eating Dinosaur George in an enclosure I built. I really like your show and can be You little stinking kid. You stinking kid! How could you possibly make me get eaten by an Indominus Rex? What kind of kid are you? (laughs) I love this. Ooh, I love that you made an enclosure too. That's really cool. And you, uh, Jackson asked if I would, could do a podcast on Concavenator. Absolutely. It's one of the dinosaurs I definitely, definitely want to do. All right. I think that's everybody. I hope it is for those of you who um, uh, have written to me and I don't give you a shout out, please know that I try my very best to, to read as many of these as I can. So I hope, I hope, I hope that I got to everybody. All right. When we come back, I'm going to answer some questions on the Ask Dinosaur George section, and then we will do some who would win. You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, our first question comes from one of our Patreon club members, Sebastian, who is five years old. Sebastian asks, how big is Spinosaurus? Well, Sebastian, there's some variety of sizes based on different people's opinions. See, when we dig up a dinosaur like Spinosaurus, unfortunately, not all the bones are there. So they have to kind of guess. I've seen the size range between 47 and 52 feet long. Whatever its true size is, this is a really big dinosaur. It's huge. I don't know why it grew that big, to tell you the truth, because it seems to be living on eating fish. Why does it have to be that giant? I don't know. But all I can tell you is it's big, big, big. And welcome to the club, by the way, Sebastian. Glad you're a member. 
All right, another uh, Patreon member is Levi Raptor, who says, which dinosaur would make the best basketball player? What was the tallest dinosaur ever? Well, the best basketball player, you know what? I think maybe Gallimimus, because it's fast. Maybe it could shoot a basketball. Hopefully its claws won't poke a hole in it. But I think Gallimimus would be a good a good basketball player. Who was the tallest? Probably Argentinosaurus. Probably. Even though Argentinosaurus is giant, it would not be a good basketball player because it can't dribble. And if it steps on the court, it breaks the floor. So, Levi Raptor, I believe Gallimimus would be a good player, and I think Argentinosaurus would be the tallest. All right, here's another, here's another member of uh, the Patreon Club. This is Jackson Rex. How long were the teeth of Carcharodontosaurus? Good question. If you include the root, probably about six and a half inches long, maybe. The, and when I say the root, you know, when you look in the mouth, you see the end of the tooth. You see the top of the tooth sticking out of the jaw. But there's still a part of that tooth going down into the jaw. That's called the root. We have roots in our teeth. And so um, probably about that long. It's a good question, Jackson Rex. Okay, Jeremy, age nine from Homestead, Florida. Hello, Dinosaur George. Could you do a podcast on Homo sapiens? I love your podcast. Well, thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for being a listener. You know, that's a good, I don't study people at all. I don't study prehistoric people at all. But that's an interesting one to maybe I can do that. Or maybe I can try to find an expert who does, who would be willing to come on and kind of help me answer some questions about them. But that's a good, that's an interesting suggestion, Jeremy. I hope, uh, I hope, uh, I hope to do that one day. All right, Emilio, who was turning seven years old on July 2nd, so happy birthday in advance, who's from New South Wales. What do you think is bigger, Patagotitan or Argentinosaurus? Uh, Emilio, I think it's Argentinosaurus. And I say that because I think they found more bones and therefore have a better estimate of size. So I think Argentinosaurus, at least I believe it would be Argentinosaurus. That's a good question. Mateo, age 10 from San Antonio. Did all dinosaurs really have feathers? Good question, Mateo. Probably, excuse me while I cough, probably not. Probably not. One of the things that we're guilty of in science is a new discovery can be made and suddenly everybody wants to change everything. When they started finding carnivores with feathers, people went nuts. Next thing you know, every meat eater has feathers from the top of its head to the bottom of its tail. And that's probably not accurate. I don't think Tyrannosaurus had feathers unless they were maybe feathers on its arms or on the end of its tail that it could use as a signaling device. But even that, I don't know if they had them or not. But the sauropods, I don't think, had feathers. I don't think Stegosaurus and Kylosaurus, I don't think any of those dinosaurs would have a use for feathers because I believe they were big enough that heat staying warm would not be a problem. So I don't think all dinosaurs had feathers. Certainly small meat eaters do. And some other ones did. I think Therizinosaurus, they found feathers on its arms. Um, who else? Guanlong, Dilong, some medium to larger dinosaurs had them, but I just don't think all of them did. That's a great question. All right, Malcolm, age six, from Hempstead, New Hampshire. Did dinosaurs have eyebrows? Wow. Malcolm, they really didn't have eyebrows like you and I do. Like ours are made of hair, right? Eyebrows are actually used for facial expression. That's what they're for. They don't block the sun. They don't stop sweat from getting into our eyes. They're made for facial expression to demonstrate, to show other animals how we feel. When your mom is mad and she frowns, her eyebrows point down and you go, oh, that's a warning signal. Run for your life. Mom's crazy. If your dad walks up and says, have you been in my shop playing with my tools? And then his eyebrows go up in the air. Uh, that means he knows you have. He's just waiting for you to be honest. So eyebrows help us understand emotion. Surely there were like Tyrannosaurus as an example. They seem to have functioning eye ridges that may have acted the same way as an eyebrow, may have 
help them kind of formulate sort of a, an, a, a, an emotion. <coughs> Boys, excuse me with this coughing today. So they didn't have eyebrows like you and I do, did, Malcolm, but some carnivores seem to have something that kind of resembled an eyebrow. Okay, Daniel H. 8 from Northern Ireland. Spinosaurus is a pescivore, so how is it called the biggest carnivore? Good observation. Daniel, for being eight years old, that's a very good question. A pescivore, for everybody, if you don't know what that word means, is that means an animal that eats meat, uh, fish. A pescivore eats fish. So he's saying, well, how come they say Spinosaurus is the biggest carnivore if he's actually a pescivore? Well, fish fits into the family of carnivores. Meat. If you eat meat, you're a carnivore. If you eat fish, that's considered a carnivore. So even though it's different, see, we don't, let's say, for instance, Tyrannosaurus only eats duck-billed dinosaurs. Well, you wouldn't have to say T-Rex is one of the biggest duck-bill eaters. No, you would just say it eats meat, no matter what kind of meat it is. So the same with Spinosaurus. Fish is considered meat. And so it is still listed as the biggest carnivore, even though it seems to like fish. But I will say this, Daniel, they did discover partial remains of a baby iguanodontid inside the stomach cavity of a Spinosaurus. So that Spinosaurus is eating more than just fish. All right, last one is from Karen from Sydney, Australia. Can you please do a podcast on Gallimimus? Karen, I really need to do, I really need to do a Spinosaur, I mean, a, a Gallimimus podcast. That's a great suggestion. I'm going to see if I can get it bumped further up. See if I can get it bumped further up on the list. All right, finally, we get to the who would win. One of the benefits of being a Tyrannosaurus Rex member of the Patreon Club is you get to submit who would wins. If you're not a member of the Patreon Tyrannosaurus Club, we don't, we don't, Except the who would win, even though a lot of you send them to us. That's just one of the benefits of being a Patreon Club member. If you're going to pay a monthly fee, there has to be benefits. And for T-Rex members, it is two things. One, they get to submit who would wins. And two, their names might be chosen to be interviewed on a podcast. So I hope all of you, if you would like, I hope you will consider uh, becoming a Patreon member. And now. It's time for Who Would Win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. This first one is from Levi Raptor. Ceratosaurus versus Carnotaurus. Ooh, good battle. For Ceratosaurus, it's got four claws instead of the normal three, and it's got relatively long arms. It's got armored uh, little pieces of body armor covering its back and sides, so that helps. Carnotaurus also has pieces of body armor protecting its body. But Carnotaurus's arms are tiny, almost non-existent. They couldn't use them at all. But what Carnotaurus has is a bigger brain. Carnotaurus came later. Ceratosaurus is from the late Jurassic. Carnotaurus is from the mid to late Cretaceous. So Carnotaurus has an advantage that it's a little bit smarter. These are both about the same size dinosaurs. Carnotaurus definitely the horns on its head are a weapon. Ceratosaurus, I don't think the horns on its head and nose are a good weapon. I don't think they're strong enough to be able to withstand running into something. I personally believe Carnotaurus would win this battle. I just think it would. Boy, that'd be a cool battle. All right, Naya, age seven from Oakland, California. Who would win? An Ankylosaurus or a Cycania? Oh, baby, do I like this one. And it's, I think it's Naya or Nia. I'm not sure, but whichever it is, I hope that I hope that I pronounced it correctly. 
Ankylosaurus is the bigger of the two. Ankylosaurus has the bigger tail club. The one thing Cycania has is I believe it's got some body armor even on its stomach, but that wouldn't do it any good at all because the attack is going to come from the side, not the bottom or the back. I believe because of Ankylosaurus's size difference, I believe Ankylosaurus is going to have the advantage here. I think he's just too big, but boy, it would sound like thunder with these two slamming their clubs into the side of the other one, trying to knock the other one off balance, trying to hit the other one in the head to score a direct hit. Man, what a battle this would be. That's a good one, buddy. Okay. Uh, Gregorio from New York City, who is four years old. T-Rex versus Megaraptor. Wow. Megaraptor has speed. Megaraptor has bigger claws. T-Rex is a monster. As long as Megaraptor stays out of the range of those jaws, it has a chance. It has a chance, Gregorio. Gregorio. It has a chance. (coughs) As long as it stays away from those jaws. Gets too close, crunch. Battle is over. I would give it to T-Rex. I think he's just too massive. And then his brother, Augustine, who is age nine, Amargosaurus versus Brachiosaurus. Wow. You guys have some good ones, man. All right, Brachiosaurus is way, way too big. Amargosaurus really only has its speed. Not that it's fast, but it is certainly faster than Brachiosaurus. And of course, it has those spikes. Brachiosaurus better think twice about raising up its foot to try to crush this guy because those spikes are going to go right through its foot. Man, you know what? I believe even though Brachiosaurus is gigantic, I think Brachiosaurus is going to get away, going to walk away from this fight. I don't think he's going to stay and fight. Brachiosaurus's tail is too high up off the ground. Even if he swings his tail, he's not going to hit a Margosaurus because it's going to be over the top of his head. Wow. I'm going to say Brachiosaurus is going to walk off and leave this fight. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, Lucas. Uh, Carcharodontosaurus versus Tarbosaurus. Whoa. The Beast of Asia versus the Beast of Africa. This is a good one. Tarbosaurus has jaw strength, that's for sure. Carcharodontosaurus, though, has those incredible slicing teeth. I, wow, this is a tough one. You know what? I'm going to give it to Tarbosaurus only because Tarbosaurus is late Cretaceous. Carcharodontosaurus is mid Cretaceous. I'm going to give this battle to, I'm going to give this battle to Tarbosaurus. I think he's just got too much there for Carcharodontosaurus to get over, but man, what a fight this would have been. This is a hard one, Lucas, but that's what I'm going to go with. All right, Ben says, hi, Dinosaur George. I just got in the T-Rex club for my eighth birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Ben. Welcome to the club. I would like to submit a who would win. T-Rex versus Spinosaurus versus Carcharodontosaurus. Oh, man. Again with these titans, these giant monsters. Well, I think Carcharodontosaurus is going to defeat Spinosaurus. I think he would. I think he would. I think Spinosaurus would get out of there. That leaves Rex versus Carcharodontosaurus. And just like Lucas's battle, I'm going to have to give it to Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ben, I think Tyrannosaurus Rex is simply too much for Carcharodontosaurus to handle. And I know some people are going to say, I can't believe you would think Spinosaurus would run away from this battle. I think it would. It's got too much to lose. It's not really designed for confrontational fights. That big sail would get in the way. Probably even slow him down. I'm going to give this one to Rex, but that's a good one. All right, Jackson Rex said, who would win, Megagurius versus Rodan? Okay, I think Rodan is going to beat Megagurius. Although Megagurius got some pretty cool weapons. He looks like a giant, looks like a giant dragonfly. You know what? I don't know if Rodan could catch him. And the reason I say that is because I think Megagurius could change directions really quickly. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go with Megagurius is going to win against Rodan. Hey, look, these who would who would wins can be anything you want, by the way. I think I think it would beat Rodan. It's a good question, though. 
Grady, age four. Hi, Dinosaur George. I am also a new T-Rex club member, and I'm excited to get the welcome gifts. Hey, good, buddy. I have a who would win. Who would win? Stegosaurus versus Ankylosaurus versus Teojangosaurus versus Kentrosaurus. I love you. Bye. Well, I love you too, Grady. And these are great. Stegosaurus, Ankylosaurus, Teojangosaurus, and Kentrosaurus. Well, I think we got to dismiss Teojangosaurus and Kentrosaurus immediately. They're not going to last in this ring. Ankylosaurus is crushing anybody that comes near him. And Stegosaurus is simply too big for these other two. I think, I think the only ones left in the ring very quickly are going to be Stegosaurus and Ankylosaurus. That's what I think. And when it comes to them, you can't beat a tank. And Ankylosaurus is a tank. I don't think anything is going to beat him in the ring. I believe, Grady, that of these four, I think Ankylosaurus comes out the victor. That was great. And here's the last one. This is from Joshua, age five. Ninja Dinosaur George versus 10,000 Godzillas versus 10,000 King Kongs. Okay. Wait. Wait a minute. What was that? What was that first one? 10,000 Godzillas, 10,000 King Kongs. Okay, good. Wait. Ninja Dinosaur George versus 10. You stinking kid. You little stinker. What kind of kid are you? You're throwing me, even if I'm a ninja, how am I going to survive 10,000 Godzillas and 10,000 King Kongs? Let me tell you how I'm going to do it, kids. You may not know this, but I have a secret weapon. As a matter of fact, I've got two secret weapons. My right arm and my left arm. When I slowly raise them above my head, a green fog comes out from under my arms. It is my stink bomb. Godzilla, all 10,000, hold their nose and run and jump into the water and swim away. The King Kongs put their hand over their nose, screaming, Please, we surrender! But it's too late. I used my deadly stink power to defeat 10,000 Godzillas and 10,000 King Kongs. Stink power, my friends. That's what I've got. All right, my little friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I don't have anybody to interview for this one, but I will for the next one. Uh, If you've got a suggestion that you'd like to hear a podcast, become a member of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page. That's free. And you can submit them there. Or I hope you'll consider becoming a member of our Patreon club. We have three different club levels. We have the Triceratops level that costs $1 a month. And in that, you get one lesson each month. Raptors, that Raptor club is $5 a month. If you're a Raptor club member, we mail you a Raptor claw replica as a welcome gift. So really, your first month is free because a Raptor Claw costs $5. So really, your first month is free. If you're a Raptor Club member, you get to hear two lessons each month. And then there's the third level, which is the T-Rex level. This is the top level. That's $10 a month. So with T-Rex members, you get your welcome gift is a Raptor Claw and a T-Rex tooth replica. You get both. And you get to submit who would wins. And you get to be chosen for um, a possible podcast interview. And you get two lessons each month. So I hope you guys will consider joining the Patreon Club. I hope you will because it's a lot of fun. Until next time, everybody, I hope you all enjoyed today's lesson. Remember, if you would like to do your your, uh, project, I'd like for you to either draw a picture of a uh, micro raptor swooping from tree to tree or flying or chasing prey. Remember, you have to make it black because that's what color we know it is. Or I'd like to see your scenes. If you'd like to set up any of your dinosaurs in a battle or a migration scene or put them out in the yard by the grass or by rocks so that they look real, I'd love to see those. And please make sure to post them to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page. Until next time, everybody, 
Be kind, be courteous, use good manners, and always tell your family you love them. I'll talk to you soon, everybody. Take care. Enjoy your summer. Listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.